Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 252 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week. And I've got a really great show. And I actually think it's one of the most important episodes I've ever done. And that's because it really highlights why inner child work is so incredibly important. And to be totally frank with you, for coaches and therapists who don't work with the inner child and don't do inner child work. Like I honestly don't know how they get transformation for their clients. I'm not saying it's not possible, but like to me, it just boggles my mind because so much of especially a romantic life has to do with us replaying out old wounds, old issues from mom and dad or from lack of mom and dad and from childhood. So if you haven't done inner child work before, or you've been listening to the show, kind of thinking about it or dabbling in it, I can't recommend this episode enough. And I can't recommend you really getting serious about doing some inner child work, especially if you're not where you want to be in your love life. And, you know, for my caller today, Mariella, she's doing all the things, right? She's swiping, she's going on dates, she's trying to be open, she's trying to be vulnerable, she's trying to, you know, be able to trust other people. And it just kind of keeps poo-pooing on her face, for lack of a better phrase. And as you'll quickly, you know, realize once we get into our coaching conversation, is that it's, not what she wants, but it's also not surprising that that's what she's facing considering, you know, the the family life and her childhood that she came from. So even if you can't 100% relate to Mariella's experiences, even if you feel like you came from a really good family background, which of course, 
you know, we all still have inner child work to do. I encourage you to be really curious about connecting some of the dots, not from a sense of, oh, this person did me wrong, or this was bad, or my mom was bad, or my dad wasn't a good parent, or whatever it is, but more of like, this is what happened. This is how my eight-year-old self interpreted it. And this is how I continue to harbor it and play it out as if that were absolute truth today. Before we get there, I just want to take a quick moment to thank you if you have shared this podcast with friends, family, coworkers, whoever you think might benefit from the show. You know, I definitely have support producing the podcast and um, running some of the back end of my business. But in terms of the marketing engine, it's really just organic growth. I'm a one woman show in that sense. So I really appreciate you doing what you can to help me share it with the right folks. So if you have people in your life that you think can benefit from it, please feel free to share this episode or any episode with them that you think is relevant. You can share on social, you can do just like a private email, like, hey, I think this podcast will really help. And if you haven't left a rating or review, that's also super, super helpful. It tells the iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever it is, gods and goddesses that people like the show and that helps to boost my rankings when folks search for various topics in the love life department. So wherever you listen to the show, if you could take a moment to leave a rating and review, and especially if you listen to Apple Podcasts, that's super helpful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Mariella. Hi, Mariella. Welcome to the show. How can I help you today? Hello. Well, I'm being down lately a little bit because um, I had a lot of uh, failed datings. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a little bit disappointed. So I just, I would like an advice to how to keep going on the dating. Okay. Okay. So you want to keep going, but you've been feeling really down because you've just had a lot of dates that haven't gone anywhere. Is that correct? Yeah, that's okay. true. Okay. So what has happened on I these think. dates? It's just, uh, it's not getting serious and they don't get me serious. I don't know. Even though I'm making clear that I'm looking for a relationship, it's like they're lying. Then yeah. Okay. So they're like lying, telling you that they're ready for a relationship and then it turns out they're not. Is that what's going on? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell me, I don't want to kind of know. So tell me what the pattern is. Like what, how are these people reacting towards you? Is it like one date and it goes nowhere? Or is it like three or four dates kind of the start of something and then it putters out? Like what would, how would you describe the pattern? Uh, it's mostly it starts good. And uh, they saying that they looking for something serious like I do, mm-hmm. and they they're caring and they're putting effort. And then when I start trusting them, they just all of a sudden they change. Some of them they ghosting me. Some, yeah, they being okay. even abusive a little bit or something like that. Okay, so some people are like physically abusive or emotionally abusive emotionally mostly. Okay. 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 So why do you want to continue to date when this has been the experience so far? Uh, Well, I'm looking for, for someone, right? I'm looking for Mm -hmm. a partner. I want a partner. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, what's your energy? Like when you go back onto the apps or when you go onto a new date, like what energy are you bringing to that? 
I think my energy is pretty good, actually. Okay. Uh, Let me ask the question a different way. Let me ask it a different mm -hmm. way. From where do you think you're attracting these relationships? From where? Uh, uh, what do you mean exactly? So we can attract partners from our wounding. We can attract partners from wanting to fill a void. We can attract partners from wanting to not feel lonely. We can attract partners from a desire, not a desire, but an attachment to being in a relationship because we make it mean something about ourselves. Um, we can attract partners from needing validation. We need a man to choose us in order to feel good enough or worthy or beautiful or whatever it is. Do you think you're attracting or do you think you're attracting some of these people through one of those places? Yeah, maybe. I haven't done the work to know what exactly, from where exactly I attract them, but... Okay, that's be, fine. That's fine. might be one of those things that truly... Um, okay, so let's, let's connect some dots, because I think right now you're just really needing to build some awareness around why you're in the pattern that you're in. Does that seem fair? Yeah, for sure. Okay, okay. So I'm assuming since you knew to reach out to me, you've listened to the show before, correct? Yeah, I listen to some of your videos and this, yeah. Okay, okay. So if you had to guess, do you have any sense as to where this pattern might come from, especially as it relates to childhood? Uh, yeah, I realized lately that um, maybe because I feel kind of like I'm not enough or maybe uh, in the past I haven't felt like I'm enough and okay. I don't, maybe that's why I attract people that, they keep making me that I am not enough or yeah. Yeah. So enough. you weren't born believing you weren't enough or feeling like that. Right. Yeah. So where did that come from? Um, a lot of rejections, not only in relationships, uh, but also friendship and mm -hmm. also, yeah, it's been okay. a lot of heartbroken situation. Okay, and what was your family like growing up? Yeah, that's too, That's the problem too. I don't have been in a my parents' relationship were toxic, so mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in a good environment. Okay, and would you mind elaborating on that a little bit? They had toxic relationship, like they were fighting a lot, and also I couldn't connect with them very good. Okay. Okay, tell me a little bit more. Like we didn't have the same mindset, the emotionally they were we were disconnected. Their relationships were very toxic. They were fighting a lot. On some days it was every day almost. And uh, yeah. So it felt emotionally unstable because there was yeah. just a lot of fighting. Were you walking around on eggshells or wanting to get love and attention and you weren't able to get it? Exactly. Totally unstable situation. Okay. Okay. And so when you think back to your childhood, how old do you feel? How do I feel about my childhood? No, no, no. How old do you feel? Like when you think of your childhood, do you think, or do you see yourself as being seven or eight or 10? Just whatever number comes in your head is totally fine. 12. Okay. And so what did your 12-year-old self need that she didn't get from her parents? So we already know one thing. She needed something. She needed to feel stable. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Home life was not stable. What else did she need that she did not get from her parents? Love, understanding, uh, support. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. 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 And did you try to get those things from your parents? Not really. (laughs) Okay. So Um, then I presume you felt unsafe and you felt probably even lonely in your house, right? Yeah. I kind of felt like, you know, I, I, I was just, I'm still expecting those things to be given to me, especially from your parents, right? Because they're supposed to be given to you and they were like, I don't know. I never felt that I have to ask for those things. Yeah. So that's actually a really good point because that's not an unreasonable expectation, right? You know, it wasn't your choice to be born. You were born. And so therefore your parents have a responsibility to take care of you, not just physically, like giving you food and a house to live in, but also, you know, emotional and mental care, correct? Exactly. And they didn't. And they didn't, yeah. And or, or at least they did what they thought that they should do, but yeah. it wasn't good. And also, they didn't have the self awareness to understand that they're not a good parents. They didn't right. do any work, or they just they were okay with what they were doing. Right, right, right. So if you still had so. I just want to be really clear. Like it is not unreasonable what you expected your parents to provide for you. Right. Mm -hmm. But well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, but, but, and because you continue to carry around that expectation, I can only imagine that led to continued disappointment because you weren't getting what you expected or what you believed you should have gotten. Correct. That's true. Yeah. I think. Okay. What do you mean? You think, tell me more. No, I I think it's true. Like uh, even even in friendship, like I can say that because I expect for people to, and my friends is to get specific things, and I'm always they let me down, and I feel like yeah, that boy. Right. Okay. Okay. So so here's here's the thing, you had this expectation that your parents should give you these things, not unreasonable expectations, but they didn't over time, and like repeatedly didn't give you what you needed, and so that led you to feel disappointed, I would imagine, but then you continued, it seems like, to have this expectation. So can you see that cycle then you were in? Yeah. Okay. And then you repeated that pattern, sounds like potentially with friends. And it also sounds like with, or I shouldn't say sounds like, but I'm going to bet that this pattern also plays out in your relationships. Yeah. Is that true? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like, do you feel like in your relationships, the people that you date, you have this expectation of, you know, if they call, they say they're going to call, they're going to call or that they should text you or that they should ask you on a second date or they should do this or that. Right. And again, none of these are unreasonable expectations, but they don't do it until you get disappointed. I feel like they don't cover my needs, like exactly like my parents, they would, they would cover my needs, the needs that I have emotionally they didn't do it. So even my relationship, they don't do, I don't get the attention and I don't get the love that I'm expecting them. Yeah. Yeah. So here's what I see you have to do. You actually need to bring in more discernment and even boundaries, but like not in the ways that we normally talk about it on the show. Right. Because Well, it is, again, I'll say this again, while it's completely reasonable to expect these like really basic emotional needs from your parents, the fact that they weren't able, and I don't know if they still are, but weren't able to provide that, that means that 
a boundary needs to be drawn. It needs to be like, hey, I need this. And if they continue to not do this, then you might have to think about, you know, not having as much of a relationship with them, distancing yourself. Now as a kid, you don't really have the ability to do that for most of us. I don't know, maybe some of us go live with grandparents, but for the most part, like, you know, you don't have that many options to, um, you know, just decide to move out when you're 10 years old. However, now that you are an adult, you play out that same pattern. But the problem is, is that if someone isn't providing what you need or what you want, then it's up to you to be like, yeah, this is actually not going to work. So I need to like cut it off and move on rather than wait around for them to make you feel loved, make you feel good enough, make you feel whatever it is that that little girl inside of you didn't get from mom and dad. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. I understand. So it's it's like almost like you want to get from these people that you're dating, you want to get what you never got from mom and dad. And it's the wrong place. I don't want to say that as if like you're wrong, but like that's just not the place you go to get it. Yeah, I think it's kind of true, (laughs) actually. Yeah, I was talking with my sister about that too. And I was telling him like, I always look for, I never felt like I have unconditional love from my parents. So I always look from friendship and relationship that I'm trying to find that unconditional love. (laughs) Yeah. And I actually have an episode about this. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put yeah, well, I can't remember the number. I think it came out over last summer or so. Um, but I recommend listening to that. I coach, I think the woman's name was Carrie, I could be wrong, about, you know, conditional versus unconditional love. And the thing is, is that in romantic relationships, I think we actually want conditional love, right? Like if you're dating someone and they go act like a jackass or they abuse you or they ignore you or they just don't treat you the way you want to be treated, like you know, some conditions have been crossed, like that relationship, in my mind, you know, ought to be over, right? Whereas I think that when humans bring another human into the world, I think that's, you know, an area where unconditional love is not only appropriate, but needed to let the, you know, the younger humans or the child to develop in an emotionally healthy way. But unconditional love doesn't necessarily exist in romantic love. Now, of course, there's like probably some caveats where maybe it is appropriate, but for the most part, there's conditions, right? There's boundaries. Yeah, Yeah, there should be some boundaries, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know that like the people that you're going on dates with are conscious or aware enough to be calculating in that, oh, she doesn't have boundaries. I can, you know, what's the word like take advantage of that i mean maybe they maybe they are consciously no, that's that. what they do actually that's what yeah. they doing i realized that lately i've been yep. thinking about that but uh, yeah that's exactly what they're doing because exactly. i don't put the boundaries exactly <laughs> and i'm very giving also from the beginning and i i just they think that they can walk all over me for some right. reason right so Well, let's take yourself out of the situation. So I just want you to think generally, not of yourself, not of your own life, but just generally. And think of a person who doesn't have any boundaries. They give and give and give and give. Mm -hmm. And they just desperately want to be loved by someone. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just this random person, not you, not anyone in particular. What kind of person do you think that's going to attract? A person that has no boundaries and is a given one. Uh, Probably a user. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, even though it's not right, it should yeah. attract the. I should attract good people that take care of it. Oh, for sure. I'm not saying that that it's right or that you deserve what yeah. you're attracting. I'm 
doing that is not what I'm saying at all. My point is, is that there's a fairly logical explanation for what you want or for what you're attracting, even though what you want on a very conscious level is very different. Like what you want is you want to be love, but you want to love in a healthy way. Like you want the partnership to feel more equal where you equally give, equally love each other. Um, There's just much more mutual respect and much more mutual cherishment. I don't know if that's a word or not, but I know that's what you consciously want, right? But like where you're operating from is you're operating from this little 12-year-old girl who felt very lost and unstable and ultimately unsafe in her in her home. And so you're trying to look for it outside of yourself. And and as an adult, nine times out of 10, you know, we'll look for that in romantic love. So, I mean, my advice to you, Mariella, is I highly recommend you actually, you know, take a break from dating. And that might sound like the opposite of either what you want to hear or what might sound logical because you're like, wait, I want to be in a relationship. Why should I take a break? But I think that you've got some um, healing to do. And look, healing's not an event. I think as humans, we're always healing. But I do think that there's you know, a level to get to, to where you're not attracting people from that hurt 12-year-old place um, and where you're attracting people from a place of where you deeply believe that you're worthy of, of what you want. Mm-hmm. So what if I do that? I mean, how long the healing will take? And also, what that does that mean that, okay, if I all of a sudden some I found somebody that I like, I shouldn't even date him or something? Well, you know, um, first of all, how long it takes, you know, I, I, I don't have a, you know, a fortune teller's, you know, yeah. crystal ball. That's the word. I'm like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Crystal ball. Yeah, I don't have a crystal ball, so I can't tell you how long it takes. I can tell you that I do believe inner child work to be incredibly powerful. And I do believe that it can have, you know, like, I hesitate to say this. I don't want you to think, oh, like a month will be fine. But like, I have seen people heal a lot in a relatively short amount of time. And what I mean by a short amount of time, like maybe a couple of months, maybe a few months. And it really just depends. Like it depends if you decide to get support, if you decide to work with a coach, you can help you with this or a therapist, I think you can go a little faster because you can have people see your blind spots and help you peel back the layers. I think if you choose to do it on your own, it's hundred percent possible. It might take a little bit more time, but it's definitely possible. And I do not believe under any circumstances that it takes like years and years and years of talk therapy. Like, I just don't think it has to be like that. And, and to be honest, like you don't even have to rehash everything in your childhood. Like in my opinion, you know, we've been talking for about 20 minutes now, maybe a little less. And I think we're really clear on where some of this comes from. Now, are there other layers to it? Are there other aspects, other specific memories that are especially painful or vivid in your mind? that might be worth going, you know, looking at? Sure. But I think that you have a really good start on the information that you need in order just to give that little girl, you know, that little Mariella what she needed. And and ultimately what she needs is she needs she needs to be loved by her parents, but she's not going to be able to get that love from her like biological parents. So she's got to you've got to be able to reparent yourself. And I have a lot of podcast episodes about this. Um, we can get into a little bit today, but we don't have too much time. But I do think that that can be super, super power- powerful for you. And I don't know, let's see, right now we're recording in the middle of January. This is going to come out, I think, in early March, if I remember my calendar correctly. I would say if you really buckle down, like by the time this comes out, you could be feeling, you know, in a new place. Does that mean like 
you're totally ready to date or ready for the relationship you really want to be in. I don't know, but I think you can be feeling a lot different by then. You asked the second part of that question. I don't remember what it was. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, the second question. Like, um, yeah, how long uh, was it take and what can I do for healing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I would, you know, inner child work is what I would focus on. And so I have lots of other episodes around that. I also recommend checking out Crappy to Happy, which is my e-course that takes you through all of the steps to do inner child work. But let's just do a little bit of it right now, just so you can begin to sense what it feels like. So you said your 12-year-old self comes into your mind's eye. So I want you to go ahead and close your eyes for me. And I want you to Mm -hmm. just bring your 12-year-old self into your mind's eye. So I just want you to either see her or even feel her. So feel whatever emotions she's feeling and when you've got Mm -hmm. that let me know um yeah I got that okay so tell me what you see tell me what you feel very lonely Mm -hmm. yeah very lonely kind of uh hurt it yeah that's why I say yeah yeah so you feel lonely you feel hurt do you feel that anywhere in your body my body uh like do you feel like a tightening in your chest or your belly mm-hmm. or something like that my chest maybe okay okay so i just want to take a few breaths and i just want you to sit with that that discomfort i know it might feel like oh, i don't want to sit with it but we actually have to let the emotions come up in order to fully release them and heal them how strong are you able to feel this on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most intense? Eight. Okay. And as you sit with it, do you find it getting stronger? Do you find it getting less intense? Mm, stronger. Okay. And does that feel like really uncomfortable? Like you want it to stop or does it feel like, okay, I can, I can handle this. I got this. I feel like uh, I want to cry. <laughs> okay. Crying's okay. It's not a bad thing at all. It's it's a good release. Okay. So let's just sit with this for a few more breaths. I know it might be uncomfortable. I know it might bring up emotion that, you know, you may or may not want to feel or get into right now, but I just want you to sit with it as best you can. And then as you're doing that, Is there anything that, let's actually do this. I want you to imagine your present day self stepping into this memory Mm -hmm. so that you can sit next to or stand next to your 12-year-old self. And I just want you to embrace her so you can give her a hug or rub her back, whatever whatever she's needing. Mm. So we're not trying to make the feeling go away. We're not trying to cheerlead your inner child like, oh, you got this. It'll get better. You can do this. Like none of that. You're really just sitting with her with the message being, this sucks. I'm sorry this is happening. I'm sorry that your parents are like this. You know, that's the kind of energy. You're just really sitting with it and being with her. Yeah. And as you do that, does the intensity, so you said it was at an eight earlier, does it stay the same? Does it get more intense or does it get less intense? The same. Okay. 
And so when you're ready, you can open your eyes and come back to me. Okay. Now, this was really short. If you were doing this on your own, you could have done this for really as long as you wanted. <laughs> or if you're doing this in a coaching session, you know, we do this for longer. But I'm curious to hear how that was for you. Mm-hmm. Painful? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This isn't all about, you know, rainbows, butterflies, unicorns, yeah. pooping glitter. It's it's tough work. And I often tell clients, you know, when they start working with me, I say, just so you know, it might get a little worse before it gets better. It's kind of like a skincare regimen or new one. And it brings up all the gunk, right? Yeah. Um, but the fact that it's painful, look, I'm not trying to, I don't want to try to undercut your emotions, but it's, it's, that's not a bad thing, right? Because that tells me, and it also tells you that there's, a, there's deep emotion there. There's, there's deep pain. And my guess, not my guess, what we've talked about earlier in the show is that you've attracted partners from this pain, right? And so working with your inner child and really sitting with her and allowing her to feel whatever she's feeling and then being that source of stability and love, unconditional love that she didn't get from mom and dad, that's what's going to heal the pain so that she doesn't attract partners from it. And so... That's why I recommend taking a break because as you heal this pain, it'll be, I think it'll actually be a much quicker process because if sometimes people are like, well, can I do this and still date? Cause like I'm on a timeline here, right? Like that's what a lot of my clients will say, or what a lot of women in this community will say. The problem with that is that every time you go on a date, it's just like, it like, it's like reopening a scab. It's like a scab or wound healed. You got a scab and you pick it off. <laughs> it's going to make it scar. It's gonna make it gross. And it's going to like reopen again. And it's going to take even longer to heal you know? And so, you know, these men that you're attracting, they're bumping up against that parent wound. And so it's, I think it's to your benefit. Oh, and I remember the question you asked, what if someone comes along? I mean, look, like if some, if the right person comes along and you really believe in your heart of hearts, that you're not attracting from a place of pain, like first of all, it's your life. I can't tell you what to do. Second of all, it might be the right choice to see what happens with that person. But I think for the most part right now, a relationship can just reopen that parent wound over and over and over again, making it harder to ultimately you'll take more time to date and find the right person. And maybe you'll just keep spinning and looping. Whereas if you just decided, okay, for the next two months or the next three months or whatever time feels good to you, you know, you're not going to date, you're not going to go on any apps or whatever. And you're just going to really focus on you and your inner child. And then see what happens. See how you feel after two or three months. Try going on a date, try meeting someone. And is it the same old pattern or are you experiencing something different? And it's not a bad thing if you have to decide to go back on a break. But to me, like if you can just take a really solid break and then go back and date and you're attracting higher quality relationships closer to what you actually want, I think you're actually going to waste a lot less time rather than trying to date while also trying to figure this thing out. Because again, I think you're going to keep bumping up against the same thing and it could be months or years until you can finally close the loop on this pattern okay can i ask you something sure what's one sign that uh will show me that i'm healed or i'm in pretty good place right now yeah yeah i just want to emphasize i don't think i meant you meant this from your question but just for folks listening also i just want to be really clear that healing is not an event right it's just really like a process and so I think we're always healing. So I think of it as an ING rather than an ED. Like we're not 
healed, we're healing. But I think you'll know that when you're you're in a good place because you won't feel like you have to give and 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 give, and give to you know maybe get the attention of someone. It'll feel more reciprocal. It'll feel like they're also, you know, giving their time or their energy trying to, you know, get your attention and your affection and in your love. So if it feels more equal, look like the beginning of relationships can always feel a little bit like, Ooh, I wonder what's going to go on. I wonder if he likes me. I wonder if he wants another date. Like there's always going to be a little bit of an element of that. I shouldn't say always, but there's often an element of that. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but if you feel just like, so, so unstable, like he talks to you all the time and then he like ghosts for like three days or a week or whatever. And they talk to you all the time. And and so like, you kind of just feel all over the place and it feels a little chaotic. I would say those are all bad signs. Not like the normal, just excitement, anticipation of like, what's going to happen? Where's this going? Again, that's very normal. But when it's like this more chaotic kind of nature, then that I would say is not normal. Oh, I should say it's normal, but it's not healthy. (laughs) So basically, if you're experiencing any of your old feelings, if it reminds you of how you felt when you were a 12 year old or when you were living at your parents' house, those are all going to be signs that it might be time to, you know, retreat and focus on you a little bit more, do some more inner child healing, and then um, try again. Okay. I got it. All right. Was this helpful? Yeah, very helpful, actually. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. (laughs) My pleasure. If you like what you hear in these kinds of episodes, imagine what we could do if it was just you and me working together over many months. Listen, I know what it's like to feel stuck and hopeless in your love life. I remember throwing everything in my love life in the hopes that something will stick and I'd finally catch a break. It wasn't until I stopped changing up my profile for the millionth time or telling myself that next time will be different for the millionth time that things actually start to shift for me. In order to find deep love, you've got to do the deep work. And through my own experience of crappy dating, helping hundreds of women before you and my expertise in inner child work, I can help you make the inner shifts you need to get the outer shifts you want. When you work with me, we dig into your past relationships, your childhood, and deep-rooted beliefs so we can unravel your relationship patterns and get you into the deep love you want to be in. It doesn't matter if you've done this kind of work for years and haven't figured it out yet, or you're newer in the personal growth space. What matters is that you're done with being where you are now and you're ready to invest time, money, and energy into dramatically up-leveling your love life. If that sounds like what you want, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can see if one-on-one coaching is right for you. I've got limited spots available, so please don't put this off if this is something that you want this year. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to schedule your call. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Talk soon. And in the meantime, let's get back to the episode. Thank you so much, Mariella, for your vulnerability and your courage to ask your question. I really, really appreciate it and acknowledge you for wanting to get curious and dig a little bit deeper as to why relationships and dating aren't working out for you right now. So Mariella is frustrated because her dates don't go anywhere. And more so, it seems that the men she attracts don't treat her well either. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you know that yes, anomalies happen. If you have had just one really awful relationship, but the rest of the relationships were quite healthy, just maybe not the right person. You know, it sucks, but I'm not going to worry too much about that because... 
can't control everything, right? But when the same thing happens over and over again, you're attracting the same kind of person or the same kind of situation or just the same crappy feelings keep showing up with every person that you date. That's when my ears begin to perk up and I'm like, hmm, something is going on here that has nothing to do with the actual people that you're dating. It's you trying to play out an old situation and trying to heal a wound through things outside of yourself rather than from within. So it turns out with Mariella that her home environment when she was growing up was very chaotic. She never felt safe and she definitely didn't feel unconditionally loved. But she wanted those things from her parents and she felt like she deserved them. And of course she deserves them. I really do believe that every child deserves to be unconditionally loved by their parents. Their parents chose to bring a being into this world. And so therefore it falls onto the parents to provide that unconditional love. And I just want to pause here. And I did an episode about this a few months ago last year. We'll find out and put it in the show notes if you want to listen. But I do not think that unconditional love necessarily is meant to be in romantic love as I explained to Mariella, I think that was part of the reason why she was opening herself up to being mistreated by men because she just wanted to feel that unconditional love from them. So she was willing to give that unconditional love. And yet they were doing things that were not worthy of her love, her affection, her time, her energy, her attention, all of those things. So that's the first issue. The second thing is that she kept going back to the same source of pain to get those things. So she kept going back to her parents to get the unconditional love. She keeps going back either to the same guy or a new guy just with a different face, trying to get the same thing. And that's kind of like, you know, to put it in a very simple way, that's kind of like really wanting sushi, but then you keep going to a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> they don't have sushi in a Mexican restaurant. They have Mexican food in a Mexican restaurant. And so you're going to end up disappointed over and over and over again until you finally decide, hey, I'm not going to that restaurant anymore. I'm going to go to this restaurant because this restaurant has what I really want. And that's what I need to get her to do in her love life so that she is beginning to create more time, energy, space, for the right kind of person and relationship that she really does want to have in her life. So I really love that Mariella knows what she wants and she knows how she wants to be treated, but because she didn't have that discernment with her parents, she doesn't do that with the men she dates either. So that'll be a big part of her journey. So here's some action steps that I have for Mariella and for you as well, if you can relate to her question and her situation. So first and foremost, you've got to connect the dots. You've got to know why you do things, why you attract people, why you attract certain relationships. And I want to be very, 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 very clear. You do not deserve to be mistreated. You do not deserve to be abused in any kind of way. You are not broken. You do not need to be fixed because you're not broken. We attract various situations, sometimes less than ideal situations, because of pain or trauma or misunderstandings that we experience earlier on in our lives, not because we're broken, not because that's what, you know, the only thing that you deserve. So I just want to be really, really clear on that. And one thing that folks might say to me is, oh, well, you know, I'm just a really trusting person or, oh, you know, I'm just, I love helping people. I want to support people, blah, blah, blah. Yes, those things may be true, but they're not who you are. And they certainly can't be how you generate your 
identity and your sense of self and your worthiness. They can't be the thing that feeds your ego. And ego really is a source of our sense of self. So ego is not bad, but we have to be able to source these things from within and not from outside of ourselves. So really take some time to connect the dots and just remind yourself if you really feel like you really just want to help people, you really are trusting, you really are this, you really are that. You weren't born that way. You weren't born believing that you're not good enough. You weren't born believing that you have to be the person to help everyone or to save everyone. That those were things that you learned through various experiences through growing up. And then of course, those experiences got reinforced as you became adult and kept experiencing various kinds of relationships. So some questions I like to ask myself as well as my clients when I'm trying to help connect the dots is first and foremost is who does this person remind me of? Now, if there's one person in particular that has really just thrown you through a loop, then there's a really, really good chance that that person probably reminds you of one of your parents, if not a blend of both. And if you really feel like that person doesn't remind you of your parents, then you can ask yourself, what does the situation remind me of? Or you can ask yourself, when have I felt like this before? So with Mariella, I had her just get really quiet and I had her just feel into her body where she felt the anxiety or whatever emotion she was feeling. And she felt it in her chest and that reminded her of how she felt when she was a kid. And that's a dot that's connected, okay? So you can do that too. You can just ask yourself, what have I felt like this before? What does it remind me of? And if you're still like, hmm, don't have anything, Veronica, then just journal about your childhood. What was your childhood like? How did you feel in it? Did you feel seen? Did you feel unconditionally loved? Did you have to fight for the attention or the love that you got? Did you feel like you had to make your parents proud? Did you feel like you had a persona to uphold? So a lot of times we might say, oh, well, I really wanted to make good grades or I really wanted to be helpful. I really wanted to do this, but that was just me. Like that came from me. I wanted to do that. I wanted to be that kind of person. And again, I would say yes, but you probably weren't born like that. And so even if it was just like, oh, you were the easy child, whereas your sibling, you know, that was a child that was more difficult for your parents. So you just wanted to make things easier for your parents because you knew they had to deal with your sibling, right? So even that kind of situation, you can develop some sort of persona where you're like, I've got to uphold this. I've got to uphold this in order to maintain the order. And without letting that go and doing some healing around that, then you're going to probably play that out as an adult and I mean, it can play on a number of different ways, as you've probably heard from various coaching conversations on the show. And the other way that we can play it out is simply by being the rebel and trying to push away that persona that we had for so long as a kid um, as far away as possible. So once you have some ideas as to where some of these dots are connected and where some of your patterns come from, I really want you to just sit with your inner child, let her feel whatever comes up. Now, a lot of times when folks do inner child work and they're like, I don't know, Veronica, it feels a little cheesy or I didn't really feel anything. It's often because you've gone into either fix it mode or cheerleading mode. So you're trying to fix it like, oh, it'll get better. Don't worry about it. In 10 years, you're not even going to think about these bullies or whatever it is. And Sure, that might be true, but your 10-year-old self, like the concept of like 10 years from then just seems like, like what? Like 10 years, you know, into the future for a 10-year-old just feels unfathomable. So that's not really going to help your 10-year-old self feel much better. You also don't want to go into cheerleading mode. You can do it. You can do it. You got this. I believe in you. There's a time and place for that for sure. But especially when you're beginning inner child work, and especially when you're dealing with a very uh, sensitive pain point, you really just want to let your inner child feel whatever she needs to feel. If she needs to be sad, if she needs to be mad, if she needs to be whatever, just let her feel that and 
allow her to have the the space for that with no judgment, no trying to fix it. And that alone can be a really beautiful process. And depending on where you are with that, you know, you might find that the emotions lessen, you might find that they stay somewhat the same. But either way, you'll be in a pretty good spot to then begin doing some of the inner parenting, but you really have to be in a place where your inner child is able to process her emotions first. Otherwise, you're going to be doing the inner child work at a very surface level place and only so much healing can occur then. Finally, don't be afraid to take a dating break. I have talked about this a lot on the show and I explained to Mariella, like, look, I would rather you take a good solid break and really spend some time doing the inner work. And I believe that in the long run, you're going to waste a lot less time than if you were to continue to date, but you kind of keep attracting the same situations over again and they keep reopening that wound over again. And here's something else that I didn't, tell Mariella, but it came to me after we finished recording. And as I was preparing this little set of audio that I wanted to share with you. And that is a lot of times when we don't do the inner child work, and we really just focus on processing or getting over either exes or the men who have hurt us one way or another, we end up just looping, right? You just get over someone and you just either play out the story over and over in your head, or you get someone else to replace that person, you know, by going out and dating again, you just loop over and over and over and over again. And you feel stuck, but you're not really stuck. You're really just looping. And you're just like in one of those little go-kart things. You're just going round and round and round and round and round. And what you really need is you need an exit route, right? So that you're not looping and you're actually going somewhere. And the way to get out of that loop, that exit route is really the inner child work and looking to see what core wound created these patterns in the first place. That's the exit route, right? So I don't want you to worry about trying to get over an ex or trying to get over all of these people or these men who have hurt you one way or another, because again, you're not going to really get anywhere because it's not really really about them in the first place. It's about that deeper core wound. So don't be afraid to take a dating break. And especially for those of you who feel like you're on some sort of time crunch, I totally understand the fear, but I really, really believe that you're going to get to where you want to go much faster if you stop looping and take the exit route. And the only way to really take that exit route is to do the inner child work do the healing. And I think that's going to be really hard to do when you're still dating because it's just going to keep bumping up against that wound over and over and over and over again. And if you feel like all you do is take a step back from dating, like you're in, then you're out, you're in, then you're out. Then I would ask you, well, how are you really using that time that you're out? Are you doing the inner child work? Are you doing the healing work? And if you are, are you going through the motions or is your break basically just hanging out on Netflix and Facebook for two weeks, and then you get back into it, right? Because nothing's really going to change if that's what you've been doing. And if you feel like you do the work, you've read a million books, you've listened to a million podcasts, and it might actually be time to get, you know, a third party non-biased support. Um, So whether it's hiring a coach or working with a therapist who does this kind of specific inner child work, I think could be really, really helpful. And you'll probably get to where you want to go much faster. And if I can be any support in you doing inner child work, I would love to chat with you about working together. Head over to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there you can fill out a quick form. And then that will get you onto my calendar so that we can have a quick chat to see if we're together is the next right step for you or not. All right, my dear, that's all I've got for you. I will see you next week with a brand new installment of my mini series on how I met Stevie. Tune in and 
Talk to you then. If you've got it all but love, you're ready to uplevel your love life, and the work we did in this episode resonates, I want you to strongly consider working with me one-on-one. You'll never hear me say, you just got to get out there more, or you got to love yourself more. Working together is your opportunity for me to guide you in doing the deep work so you can transform your love life from the inside out. I actually don't care what app you're on or what your texting game is like or how many dates a month you go on. I care about doing the deep work so you can attract a deep love. I meet you right where you are, hold your hand and hold you accountable throughout the process. So if you're looping or feeling stuck in your patterns and can psychoanalyze yourself to death, I can get you to where you want to go. If you're serious about finding love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest time and money into yourself, I invite you to set up an introductory coaching call with me so we can explore if working together is the next right step for you. You can learn more and schedule your consult at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. That's veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. If you're looking for links or resources mentioned in the show, you can find them in the show notes at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And if you love this episode, please subscribe and rate and review wherever you listen. It really helps me to grow the show. Thank you so much in advance. And I'll see you next week for a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And until then, sending you lots of love. 